Hello. Hi, John. Hey, Merlin. How's it going? <laughs> good. 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 How are you? How are you going? Uh, I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm. Yeah. I'm. Uh, uh, what am I? I I'm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. There's a uh-huh. kind of tired where it's not because it's still early, but because I've been up long enough that it already feels like I'm ready for a nap at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm. What the hell? What the heck did you get up that early today? Well, you know, there's always things to do. There's, you mm. know, yeah. there's people stomping around, getting ready for school and work and whatnot. Oof, those people. Yeah. What, what's your sugar intake like? Uh, very, very low. You, Sh- sugar you as in uh, like candy type things. Yeah, ice yeah, cream. Yeah. Well, I'll have me some ice cream. I, I go through phases with ice cream, but I have to tell you that uh, amongst my uh, numerous vices, sugar is very yeah. low. What about, are you on the crunchy, salty side or the sweet, I'm a, uh, I'm like a savory, chewy side? I'm a savory boy. You are. Oh, boy, am I savory. So, so mm, you are salty. Mm. Uh, are you, so are chips your uh, your downfall? What is my downfall? I have so Max. many downsfall. Uh, as far as my my vulnerabilities, I I wonder sometimes if I have some sort of a uh, an imbalance of bodily humors because mm. I I always crave large meat. Really, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a craver there's, of large meat, and I do like. There's never things. a time. There's never a time when you're like, I can't really do a whole meat right now. Well, you know, lately I, I end up doing this weird bifurcated sleep thing where I fall asleep before I go to bed. And uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll wake up and I'll have an interregnum, and, and, and mm-hmm. I, I might have like a, I'll have a mac and cheese or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have a leftover Mid- midnight mac and cheese, midnight-ish. Yeah, usually a little later, but yeah, that's that's roughly it. But uh, we've also recently rediscovered baked potatoes in our home. Wow! Oh, and we've really a, been you know like a you know like a house of prime rib fully loaded baked potato. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, what I'm talking about. I've you, never seen. I've never seen them at the House of Prime Rib because you've never taken me there. Oh, even God, I'm so sorry. We gotta, we gotta settle 15, this. 20, 20 years, even maybe we've oh, never. No. My God, <clears> Scott, never been to Scott Simpson and I are like an old couple. We just, we just go there. I yeah. know that's the thing. I mean, everybody we know in common has been with you to the House of Prime Rib. But you're my dim sum friend. They all have they all have t-shirts, uh, <laughs> but I'm your dim sum friend. But the last time that the last time that uh, I mean that guy closed his dim sum store like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, the pigeons are probably still there. <laughs> That's the thing about the uh, pigeons. Do- he 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 didn't seem to mind the pigeons. He wasn't happy. He wasn't sad. They were just part of the kitchen. The pigeons. I did not. <laughs> I did not make the rat, Merlin. God hmm. made the rat. If you have. Huh. If you have a problem with the rat, oh, take it up with the take Lord. It, take it up, with God. That's right. Um, that's had, that's, I, that's, that's you know, that What's your sugar point. intake? I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to close this thread. What's your sugar intake? Oh, oh boy. are you vulnerable? I am. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like <clears throat> sweets, like tart sweets or sweet, sweet sweets. Mm-hmm. I like chocolate and ice cream. Chocolate, fat, and sugar mixed together with with cold mm-hmm. filled with things filled with chunks. I like chunky ice cream. Yes. And I like cake. I'm uh, honestly, yeah. I like cake. I love and cake. So cake and ice cream. And you know, there's a lot of excuses to have cake and ice cream. 
Um, I find that I make a lot more excuses than maybe a normal person would mm. would allow for. You mm. know, like a normal person's like birthday or <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's like uh, Halloween cake or something. You know, I don't. That's, that's interesting. It. You would say that. I, I've, there's, there's something similar in our household that I've expressed to my daughter as that. Uh, I, I come from a family that has a low threshold for celebration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't take much for us to celebrate something. I have a really high personal threshold for celebration. Well, it's because you, like, don't, you, don't, you don't celebrate your victories. I, I don't. And, and also, just like I don't want to celebrate my birthday. You know, I used to, when I was a drinker, I would, I would celebrate my birthday by <laughs> drinking alone. <laughs> Every night. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday to me! Happy <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But I am surrounded by all of the women folk in my in my clan. Uh, they all like to, with the exception of my mom, of course, who who shares my distaste for celebrating. Um, although she celebrates her victories, I think she even celebrates my victories. But I mean, who could tell? Mm-hmm. But uh, but the other ladies. Um, and that, and it's a, you know, that's a long tail. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. all celebrate uh, all, every opportunity to celebrate, and they also like the celebrations bleed over into the days on either side. So oh it's yeah, like, you get a jubilee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You get a jubilee, and so, <clears throat> so we had one of those last night. And even though there was no reason for me, especially, to use it as an opportunity to eat an entire piece of giant cake and a huge bowl of ice cream in addition to the little bowl of ice cream we had at dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the opportunity, you know, like I exploited the opening mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and scored the hat trick of mm. three, three desserts. Hmm. And so I'm sitting here right now in a state, you know, I understand people have explained the human body to me yeah. a few times. People now. have tried, people have tried to explain it to me. You know, apparently it's some kind of machine. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of paradoxes, and a lot of it's mm-hmm. very confusing. Like you put you put you put uh, fuel in, yeah, in your face, and waste comes out. Yeah, not your face, but somewhere, somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in between there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like doing jumps mm-hmm. and also you're thinking deep thoughts yeah and you know like you sing you make music you look at stuff and you can interpret it like all of that is happening as a result of like the fuel and the waste i guess plays some role in it it doesn't feel like a normal machine mm-hmm. that does a thing or two it's not anything right? i'd buy for myself no why would you what if somebody would you gave do me a body as a this? gift i'd be polite about it but it's not the yeah. kind of thing i would want to obtain no, and if I was going to buy one, I'd buy a better one. Or a little you know? one, like our, like our lizard. Like, that's fine. Thank like, you. He doesn't poop very much, and right now he's in the middle of his Odin sleep that he has in, he in the wintertime. He doesn't eat that much. Oh, is he in Odin sleep? He's in Odin sleep right now, yeah. <laughs> we're, monitoring, we're monitoring the situation closely. We've turned off the lights. We've darkened the room. It's a whole thing. Um, Do you now have an entire room in your, in your reasonably, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Sit, modest city apartment, an mm. entire room dedicated to keeping it dark for your Odin lizard? Well, I your, mean... Your Valhalla lizard? Secondarily, because basically every room is my daughter's room in a way that sure. I imagine... You probably manage that better than I do, but basically every room is her room now uh, with the crafts and the food and the things. Yeah. And so the lizard lives and sleeps, has Odin sleep in, in her bedroom. Um, but, you know, by extension, it's all her house, really. We don't really get a room for anything anymore. I barely have a sure. place to put my iPhone down. 
You know what I'm saying? When I when when I uh, when I my chair back uh, to join you today on this mm-hmm. program, I have a chair here at a table, and okay. I scooted it back, and it made a crunching sound. Ugh. And I looked down, and under the wheels of the chair uh, was uh, an old issue of Web of Spider-Man hmm. that uh, belonged to me at one point many years ago and then got inherited by my daughter. And she felt like the best place to put it was underneath the wheels of my chair. <sighs> you know, would that there were so much. Would that there were. Would that there were so much intentionality. Mm. Right? I mean, isn't that part of the problem? <laughs> It's just the, the baffling. I, I I was refactoring our spice rack yesterday, our spice area, and yeah. uh, and I found a brown Lego in there. But thank oh. God it wasn't on the floor where most brown Legos end up, underfoot. But uh, no, it's it's all it's a whole thing. The body's a mystery to me, John. I do know well, that so- sugar doesn't. I have to be careful, as you know, as you know, I have to be careful with the carbs. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's got to be careful with the carbs. Well, carbs hurt my boy, engine. They hurt my engine and so, they make me logy. So do they hurt your engine? This is the this is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I should be. There are lots of people. So for instance, I have a friend who's a nutritionist who teaches at the Bastyr College of Alternative Medicine. Ooh. And she, her entire yob, as we say, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> her yob is to go to school every day and teach alternative medicine men and women Mm -hmm. about uh, what you put into your machine Mm -hmm. and how important it is. But yesterday I ate, here's what I ate yesterday. Mm -hmm. Apart from the three desserts. Are you ready? (laughs) I'll start. I'll start at the start. Oh gosh. The first thing thing I did was the first thing I did in the morning was I went to the mall because it was because yesterday's celebration was a birthday celebration and we uh, my daughter and I and my mother all needed to buy presents for this person because we had Oh, had, that's wait. the person and that person requires a week long jubilee, correct? <clears throat> that's right. And we had oh, waited until the right. last minute to get these presents, so we needed oh, to go boy. to the and I would never go to the mall, right? Mm-hmm. But that's where but I'm I'm not the dis- decider. Mm-mm. So we go to the mall. <laughs> We're at the <laughs> so, mall. Our age of being the decider is well behind us. <laughs> so, so As I say, life it. just happens to me now. I'm like, listen, no, we don't want to go to the mall. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, and yeah, I, I'm I at the mall. Get... I'm at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> so we're walking around the mall. I'm having Ugh. a hard time. I, I, I end up in a fireworks. Hmm. I'm standing there, and uh, I'm I'm standing there just unclear, like, which way to turn. A fireworks is one of those stores where there's no place for me to stand. Because mm-hmm. any place that I pick, like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to stand here. I'm not in anybody's way. I'm Im- Somebody is immediately behind me, like, excuse me. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to stand here. No one will ever come to this. Oh, excuse me. Mm. It's like, I and those stores, those fireworks stores, they are not I'm Googling compliant. it right now. I don't think I know what a fireworks is, but I'm looking it's, it up. It's, you know, it's like, it, when we were kids it was like the hallmark store was where you went if you wanted to get somebody a christmas ornament as a present sure sure sure. or like cards or little things but now fireworks is one where you do that if you're like really fun oh i see is it fireworks celebrating art and life uh uh, seattle gift store yeah 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 okay it's really super fun offbeat unusual and unique gifts it's like spencer's gifts for grown ladies yeah, it's okay. offbeat is exactly right. And the ladies that work there are all very fun, 65-year-old ladies who are super fun and having mm-hmm. fun. And there's so much fun stuff in there. 
oh, mm. like there's a there's like a oven mitts that look like hot dogs, and there are <laughs> hot dogs that's, that look that's, like that's oven fun. mitts. That's fun. It is. It's a, so uh-huh. much fun there. And I, I posted a picture on Instagram today. Uh-huh. A bunch of socks that have swear words on them. Oh, um, it's just like wee. Yeah. But but the thing is, it's so crowded with stuff, uh-huh. and then you put people in there, and it gets way more crowded with with people who are a form of stuff. <laughs> So I'm so I'm standing around and I'm just like I'm not going to buy anything here and I don't want to be in here but my daughter's in here and she's looking she's ostensibly looking for a present for a grown up but what she's really doing is trying on every hot dog shaped mitt she can find and like oh wouldn't this be daddy look what I found it's a it's a puppy with a princess and a and a, a princess and a pea mm. and I'm like that's not a gift for that's not a gift for the person we're looking for gifts for. And she right. goes, hmm, hmm. and storms off uh-huh. and then comes back three minutes later. Oh, it's a hot dog. It's shaped like a fucking oven mitt. Uh-huh. So I'm standing there. And then I see across the, across the store, this guy who's like six foot eight, 300 pounds across, you know, just, just all shoulders, all just giant guy. And I know him. His name's Hoss. And he's like one of the old school uh, like club bouncers in uh-huh. Seattle, and he looks at me across the store, and I look at him, and we're both, and we, you know, of course, we can see over everybody else's head. We can see over all the display racks because they're, you know, they put everything down where little old moms can find it. Yeah, and we would look at each other across the store, and we're both, we both like mouth, like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, we're both trapped in this. Uh. Anyway, so we're in this place, and finally, my mom comes over, and she's like, I'm hungry. I go, okay, well, let's, you know, we're at the mall. And my, and I start that sentence thinking, what I'm trying to say is, <clears throat> we're at the mall. So let's get out of the mall if we're going to find food. Yeah, right. And what my mom hears is, we're at the mall. Uh-huh. And there's so much food at the mall. A whole quart of not, it. A quart of food. Not what, not what I was saying. Uh-huh. But then we're at the food court. Uh-huh. Mom gets some kind of shrimp teriyaki, which is not what you don't put those two things together. Uh, my daughter, my daughter goes to Pachotle and gets a Pachotle cheese quesadilla. Which she is gets just a like, Pachotle bastic. She does. She gets a bastic and Pachotle. And, and, and the thing is, if you went to any one of them, except for maybe the teriyaki place, and said, give me a bread and cheese, you know, they're all going to have a bread and cheese. <laughs> It's really true. Bread and cheese. Can I get a Whatever fried bread? Give me a fried bread and cheese. Whatever your version of a bread and cheese is, give it to me, please. But she's like, no, no, no. I'm going to wait in line for 20 minutes at Pachotle to get a fucking bread and cheese. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, so I'm like, well, I have Ugh. to, you know, like I have to find something for myself. And, <clears throat> you know, and I'm very frustrated in these places because there's always 57 people lined up at the Sbarro and the... And what are the Johnny Rockets? And then there's the little falafel place, and the guy is standing there trying to hand out little bits, and people are just walking past. I know they don't he's wanna... like Babu. You want you really feel yeah. for the guy. So I went to the Babimbap Korean place, mm-hmm. where the you know they're standing there like handing out. They have a little superheated, uh, like stone bowl filled with egg and kimchi. And I'm like, give me the one, give me the one, give me the one with everything. Give me the kimchi bowl. So I had, so I started off the day with a big bowl of Korean food. Just for, just for the record, this is your first food of the day. This is the first food of the day. So, you know, and it's got, and this was some hot, 
uh, what, by which I mean spicy, mm-hmm. but also cold kimchi, mm-hmm. plus other ingredients. And so I start off the day with that. That's the base layer. And then I go, I do a bunch of work, I, do, I putter around, I go, I ended up not getting anything at the mall. I went to the Filson store, which I, is increasingly embarrassing for me. Hmm. But I went there, I found a, I found a gift that was, that was way more money than I should have spent on it and on any gift for anybody. But you know, I, I, like I buy gifts that I would like to receive. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. And that's a, you know, a Filson, I mean, assuming they haven't had a precipitous drop in quality it's a it's an investment mm. in some ways right that's exactly right merlin it's an investment and mm-hmm. the thing about the mall walking around the mall there i don't you, if people keep talking about the death of retail mm-hmm. but there are 200 stores in this mall the mall is packed you can't turn around really everybody everybody's buying stuff i don't understand how you can have so many shoe stores i've never understood that or stores that are selling like God only knows what. And as I walk well, through, because basically I'm just like, every America has turned into we are na- now a nation of, of stocking stuffers. Really, you look, <laughs> look at that fireworks. I'm looking at. I was looking at the fireworks page. It's it's just all it's it's, it's uh, you know stocking stuffers all the way down. That's right. That's what it is. And 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 walking through the mall, I'm looking around. I'm looking back and forth, and I'm like, ninety eight percent of everything in this mall, and all the clothes on the back of the backs of the people in this mall. It's all made in China, and it's all part of this gargantuan uh, economy, global economy, that we all talk about all the time, mm-hmm. where stuff is being made with slave labor and comes over in shipping containers and gets sold for bargain prices. And, and you know, when we talk about it, we, we all wring our hands about it, but my God, it's – the world is transformed, right? Mm-hmm. Like like. The idea that you would buy a pair of shoes and wear those shoes for six years and then have them resold and wear them for another six years and then have them resold again. The thing is that resoling a pair of shoes costs more than a new pair of shoes. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, just they buy a pair of shoes, they wear them for six months and they throw them away and get a new pair of shoes. I remember when that happened with VCRs. I remember when when VCRs, so VCRs used to be very costly. And then at some point in the 80s, VCRs became $200, full stop. And you, yeah. there was, you could get an increasingly nice VCR for two hundred dollars. Now, if, you, if something and they went were wrong, fifteen hundred dollars when they came oh out, my goodness. or twenty five. Oh, they were very, very costly. And 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 so the thing is, though, like uh, I remember at one point, I had a, I had a two hundred dollar VCR, as you do, and I needed it to be fixed. And, and they had what you call a bench fee. You got a bench fee. It's fifty dollars oh, for them to put it on the bench. One yeah. quarter of the price of a newer and better VCR. And I remember thinking at the time, huh? Isn't that yeah. wild? Huh? You know what I'm saying? Me. I do, and now they won't even put it on the bench. Now they say, no, nah, as soon as you crack the case open, all the butterflies inside get out, and then it can't be fixed, so forget <laughs> it. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Health IQ. You can learn more about Health IQ right now by visiting healthiq.com slash supertrain. Do you average eight hours of sleep a night? Well, check. Eat a quality plant-based diet? Check. Exercise four or more times per week? Check. Basically, you're doing everything right to ensure that you live a long life, isn't it time that you be financially rewarded for your commitment to a healthy lifestyle? Introducing Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates for people like you on their life insurance. If you're a runner or a cyclist or you're into CrossFit or any other type of athlete, even a committed weekend warrior, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, then you deserve to be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates. 
Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And Health IQ is not just a lead generator. They take the customer through the entire process of applying, and the policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else, and you must qualify to get a special rate. To see if you qualify, please go to healthiq.com slash supertrain to take their proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending upon your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that is healthiq.com slash supertrain to let them know that we sent you and you can start the process with the Health IQ quiz. No commitment. You'll learn even more about your potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living Healthy one last time, healthiq.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Health IQ for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Throw it, throw it away <laughs> and, get, and get a new one. There well, are no your benches problem. You anymore. Got no, you got no butterflies. <laughs> I, I went by the other day. I drove past. You I'm lost doing all the magic. <laughs> yeah, where did the fucking butterflies go? Yeah. I'm, drive, I'm doing the thing where I'm driving around the city now and... I, you know, I can't even help. I can't help myself. You know, we used to Jason Finn and I used to go drive around the town together and point out apartment buildings and be like, oh, yeah, I slept with a girl in there. Oh, yeah, yeah? I slept yeah. with a girl in there. And it was like really a dick. It was a kind of, uh, afternoon kind of event for us to like yeah. be, uh, be, you know, like jerks. Sure. <laughs> now we drive around. Can't help but drive around and go. I remember when that was X. Right. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. when that was the, the, the fabric store or whatever. I remember when that was. And I drove past this place, and it was the typewriter repair place. <laughs> and now it is like an axe throwing bar with a <laughs> like a some kind of <clears throat> so they're they're making mm. they're making single malt whiskey on on the spot, mm. and uh, you know and and flavored flavored with vape juice or whatever. And there's a bunch yeah. of guys in there with beards. And I was like, oh, and I had forgotten because it hasn't been the typewriter store for for 20 plus, 25 years, right? Yeah. But I remember going into the typewriter store and there was a crazy guy in there with a green visor and the store was kind of dark except he had some, you know, little table lights that were pointing down at his work. And I went in there and it wasn't like a printer store. It wasn't, you didn't go in there for cartridges or something. You went in there to get your typewriter fixed. And I had a typewriter and he needed, he fixed it. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it, I was like, typewriter store, typewriter store. There's nothing even remotely equivalent to it left Mm -hmm. in the the universe, right? Where would you take, if I, I have a clock that I wanted to get repaired, and I took it to somebody that where the sign on the place said clock repair. This was a clock from 1930, and I, and the person looked at it and said, <clears throat> "Yeah, there's no point in fixing that." And I was like, "That's not there really is the attitude point. I'm looking for." There is a point in fixing it. It is a clock from 1930 that has a, uh, a you know like a sentimental value, but also like a like real value to me as a as a thing from my family, and it's a it's a clock. You can surely fix a clock. You are a clock fixer. No, not really. Not really. There aren't parts available and it's not really worth it. Oh my. And I was like, wow, worth it. You don't like to hear that. Worth it. Hmm. Anyway, it definitely made me feel like the idea of going to the Filson store and making an investment in something that you expected was going to last the rest of your life. It had, it's become such a, 
I don't know. It's like such a performance now because, because nobody is truly ready to say when their shoes, when the, the soul gets worn through that they're going to take their shoes to somebody and pay more than they would pay for a new pair of shoes to get the soles redone unless you're really, really, really fight. You're really swimming upstream, right? You're really fighting the, the tide. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the, you're going to be the anachronism that does this. Right. And I, you know, and I, I'm exactly the target audience for that mentality. Like I'm the mm-hmm. anachronism. I'm going to get my shoes repaired, <laughs> but Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, then you got to find the shoe repair guy. And I don't know, you've dealt with the shoe repair guys. You know how they are. They sit sniffing glue all day. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't, without, without, you know, too much, you know, OPSEC, uh, you know, mm-hmm, disclosure. Right. That's one reason sure. I like our, our dorky neighborhood is there, we do have stuff like that around. There's, there's, yeah. there, there is a shoe guy nearby. Like there is a tailor nearby. Like you can go in and get, like I, I, I was pondering, uh, getting, uh, getting some buttons reinforced because I like the <laughs> shirt that I got, but I thought the buttons were a little bit, uh, flimsy. Like they hadn't really fully stitched them on. I like a real solid button. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Like we got a saxophone repair place. You walk by oh, here. You got, the, got the saxophone over here. They wear smocks, John. They were smocks. I had a button come off the other day, hmm. and I was walking past a laundromat. Uh, not a laundromat, a uh, dry cleaner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I walked in, and there was a lady there uh, from Asia. And I said, oh, this button came off. And she said, give it to me. She sewed it back on, better than it had been sewed on before. And I was like, how much? And she said, $5. Come on. I think yeah, $5. That's and not like, enough. That's not enough money, lady. I, well, she, all she did was sew a button on as far as she was concerned. Yeah. And so I was like, thanks. You know what I should do? I should bring everything in here and have you sew buttons on it. Because I have every jacket I own is missing one button. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's yeah, a small, It's like the spice rack, John. It's, it's a quality of life issue. When you refactor your spice rack, you're making a lot of decisions about the worth of your life. For one thing, you're saying this cardamom, like we didn't use it much, but that don't matter. Like the date has passed, has long passed. Right? right. I don't really need all these different spice rubs. I don't really use any of them, but I refactored it. I changed the height of the, uh, of the, of the shelves and it was, it was okay. a huge improvement. Now I put on a shirt that I really enjoy today. <clears throat> Not Mac Weldon. <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the line is brought to you in part by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Oh, their website is so easy to use. I use it all the time. Uh, I have an order on the way right now, and I'm going to tell you about it. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. And uh, they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you with no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. They're good for working out, going to work, going on dates, or just everyday life. Friends, as we speak, as I mentioned, I am waiting for the arrival of two, two, two items from Mack Weldon that I purchased just the other day. Items that I have, uh, as ever, purchased with my own American money. One is my go-to top layer. They're luxurious. Tech cashmere long sleeve in charcoal heather, size XL. I'm a little guy, but I like a big shirt. Sue me, you know. And the other item is, is a new one. I'm very excited to try that. It's the Atlas jacket in true black, size XL. Let's just put it this way. I really love Mac Weldon's clothes. I wear them literally every day, and I can confidently endorse them with my official okie dokie. So, you know, get on board. Go to MacWeldon.com. 
You're going to get 20% off your order by using the promo code ROTL. That's ROTL, just like it sounds. Go to MacWeldon.com. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Oh. Although I do enjoy Mac Weldon very You're much. Um, I, uh, I put on a shirt from, from a different uh, internet clothing company that I like a lot, but like mm-hmm. it's a little, a little flimsy. You know, but like, I do know. We, I mean, you know, as you know, my wife and I refer to this as the tiny life improvement project, which is finding little tiny things that you can improve in your life that have outsized effects. And I'm just, I'm here to tell you right now, making a shelf that will accommodate the olive oil and the cell de mer on the same shelf is huge. It's been huge. And, and I, I feel like there's <sighs> lots of things like that. And I don't want to be told not to repair my shoes. That makes me sad. Don't do that. He's pivoting no, to wallets. No. He's pivoting to wallets. And uh, and and various leather goods now as well, the the shoe man, the shoe the shoe man is our, yeah, our well, nearby I shoe man has pivoted to wallets and uh, and purses and whatnot as well as shoes. He's got the ability to do you know he has the technology he can make those shoes better than they were better he can stronger make them faster, faster. Than they were. yep that's yep, right yep mm-hmm. uh, but he can also make purses and he can make wallets I mean I, you I, got I, I bought a gift there for my wife two Christmases ago See, I went in and I got her I got her because I like to shop local you know what I'm saying. I do. I shop local, right? Yeah. Buy local. My um, um, my, bro- my brother-in-law had a whole career in um, office hardware. So he um, for years and years and years he was a he was a big wheel at the uh, at the printer selling place, and they were a printer mainly printer selling place, but they also did printer servicing. And they were, uh, I think, a, probably a franchise, but they were under the aegis of a large and well-known manufacturer of office hardware stuff, right? Good. And, yep. you know, this was, I mean, it really it feels like something from the 30s at this point yeah. was yeah. that he would have these relationships with whether that was a, you know, a, a mom and pop store or like a, like a, a school system. Like you would, you would work with them and you were the rep, the sales rep, you know, but the thing is by the time he retired a few years ago, it was that that career didn't exist anymore. I mean, yeah, my Epson printer that I like fine. I mean, here's my here's my review of every printer. It's fine, <laughs> right? It scans, it boasts, <laughs> it, no, no, it no. does it does the things. But like, we just buy costly ink for it until it breaks, and then we get another one. And what, so what am I going to do? I'm going to take it to a store. I'm going to say, fix my Epson. That's going to be like asking for. I want to talk to you about. Yes. Here's what here's what I want to show you about. Do you think your lady friend, your 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 baby mama, do you think she would enjoy a printer for her jubilee? Well, she just bought a printer. Okay. And uh, just just uh, just three days ago, <clears throat> but I realized in, in watching her do it, I have not bought a printer since. I don't. I honestly cannot tell you the last time I bought. No, no, no. I bought a printer in two thousand seven, and I and it had some element that was meant to be Wi-Fi, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I tried to. Oh boy, you don't want to be typing on that little screen. It's brutal. Brutal typing on that little screen. And I did not, I was not ever able to successfully print from it. And it sat there on top of what I guess was a DVD player. Yeah. Until they all went to the Goodwill. And I've never bought a printer since. Mm. And so anytime somebody sends me an email that says, print this out, sign it, and fax it back. <laughs> I uh, reply to the email, and I say, no, I cannot do those things. I do not have a printer. I know, I I know print. you won't do those things. No, I will not. If you can't do it on I'm your like, phone, you don't want to do it. I'm like, you either mm-hmm. find a way to send this to me where I can approve it, 
uh, with a minimum of effort by yeah. by clicking yes, or I will or I will not do it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times I've actually gone like when I was selling my house, I actually went down to the mortgage office in a downtown office building and said, you have every paper you want me to sign all there on the desk and I will sign them with a pen mm-hmm. and we will have a human interaction about this because I am not going to try and navigate your online signing process and oh, you had better believe I'm not going to print something out, sign it and fax it back. Nope. Go fuck yourself. Anybody yes. who asked me to do that. Yes. And there's a lot of stuff in the music business where they want you to do that. Print mm-hmm. it out and sign it and fax it back. John, John, people, like, people love doing the thing that's easy for them. And not even to say make it easy for me, but it's it's more like it's it's you know, there's so many problems. Don't get me started on this. I won't I get won't. me started on this. Please but this don't. is this is an email problem too. It's like it's like you and that lady who got mad at you because you didn't respond to your Facebook message. That's because uh, she just she might as well have just put it on her front porch. Like, put it on your porch and ask porch. me to find it. Ugh. I you know but, what? We have a printer. If the pie graph of our printer usage easily far and away i feel like mm, my lady and i are probably both competing for the two percent slice and for me that is a uh, before we go out for halloween i always print the same sign that i put over the candy and say help yourself um mm-hmm. i have a template for a note that i give to our neighbors if we're going to be traveling that i change details of okay. my, my lady prints out you know school things and work things occasionally far and away 90 plus percent is my kid um, doing often uh, paper craft she found on the internet that she prints out. She oh, is the, she is fun. the alpha user of it. Yeah, that's sure. fun. We uh, yeah we don't fun. so far we don't uh, we don't allow our child anywhere near the internet. So that that will change, I'm sure, one of these days. Where did she get her paper craft? Eighteen or nineteen? Oh, uh, we have those books mm-hmm. that are like oh here's the thing you can color. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I don't you know like I'm looking at a piece of paper that she that she drew on six months ago that's still taped to the wall here. Well, like if she wanted uh, to make a decoupage uh, jar of Star Trek memes, like where would she get those? Uh, where would she get those? You know, I'm realizing I'm doing a bad job as a no, parent. No, but no, I no, no, you're to... doing a great job. I, I listened to this interview with Dave Eggers today that I wasn't going to mention to you, but I'm going to send to you. Okay. Uh, it's it's a very interesting interview. Uh, Ira, or not Ira, Ezra, Ezra Klein from Vox uh, interviews yep. Dave Eggers. And I, I, think you, I think you would find it thought-provoking. You know, I like him, and he has given me things to uh, think about many times. That's not the, for you. Over the years. That's not for That's you. That's not for you. Is a thing he said to you that you then said to me, and I think about constantly now. But the fella does yeah. not have Wi-Fi in his house. Well, uh, yes, and this is exactly, you know, he's he was saying this. Uh, I mean, the last time he and I did a thing was, I, it has to be five years ago. And I, we were walking. We it was some kind of thing. And we were walking from, we, we went, I think I talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. We went to some cocktail party in a rich people's house and he was kind of singing for his supper a little bit. They were rich people that were literary people, obviously. And they had done an event and they'd done another event. And then we were going to this part. We were going to like, a, it was a rich people house. And we were going to this party that he was going to give a little talk and they were going to give money. That's yeah. what it was. They were going to give money. A lot to of what he does is stuff related to the various eight two sixes and whatnot. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's genius at it. You know, he makes everybody feel smart mm-hmm. and then, uh, and they all give money. And then he, and he is the, he's number one Irish goodbye guy, right? He's just like at the party, he's the center of the party. And then somehow, <sighs> You know, he likes, he'll sneak up behind you and he'll be like, 
Ready? Let's go. I have so so much aloha for that. I love that. You go out through the kitchen door and then you're like three three blocks away before anybody in the house is like, hey, where's the guest of honor? It's too late. Really good. They're going. But even then, even, and this was 15 years after the, after the first time he said, that's not for you. Mm -hmm. He was laying out some science for me about like, you don't want to be, you don't want to like, Give too much. You don't want to put well, yourself in a place where He makes a very you... good case for it, including that he yes. still has a flip phone. Now there is more than I'm not going. I'm not going to use the word, but there's a word here that I want to use that I'm not going to use because you'll get might get frustrated with me. But you yeah. know, he does. He is very successful and has people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's not yeah. like he's and, driving. And, a, it's not like he's driving a lift. Well, and he has a lot of. Um, he knows what his limitations are, right? But also, which I, res- which I respect. Those- but I mean, to be able to say, and again, I'm not going to say the p word, but to be able to say, sure. well, I'm writing Thank a 600 you. page novel, so I've chosen to spend 10 minutes on email in the morning, and then for the rest of my day, I will read for two hours, and then I will I will write my thoughts for my novel in the afternoon is not something everybody can do. Well, sure, but he's not advocating his principles. He's not going to like the hotel uh, workers' employees union and giving a speech to them about how they should use no, their no, time. No, 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 absolutely he's not. And that, that's to, why like, I say it is. Me. I continue to say that I just sent you the link. It's very thought provoking because he he is making the case for saying, well, hey, you know, if you if you do have this this level of control, like, would you have accepted all the things that have become incursions to our attention and privacy in the in even just the last ten years? Like if somebody oh, this told thing you, you sent me is a podcast. It's a podcast that I have to for listen listening. To. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just go to the second half. The no, second no, no, half. No, no. I'll, I'll. You, you, you already queued it up. It's already. Podcasts are catching half. on. I really think they're going places. Yeah. I know. I know. Anyway, I just well, thought it was thought provoking. It made me think of you because he is saying a lot of the things that I'm given to believe that you think, and I think you yeah. would not not just for you to nod along, but I, I think he he presents it in um in a novel and a very sensible way. See, that's what I'm looking for, and that, mm-hmm. and 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 that is, it's nice. I think you just you said said something just really interesting there. Mm. When you hear someone who agrees with you or who who's whose thinking comports with yours, there's a tendency to think that you're just listening and nodding along, or that that you're that you want your your own biases confirmed by someone else. But in fact, I think, and this is maybe why podcasts are catching on, mm-hmm. why people like listening to this show. You hear someone state a thing that you believe in a kind of nascence or you, you are trying to, you're trying to wrestle with the thoughts. Yeah, you the, have, you might thought. have a sort of, sort of gaseous version of that yeah. idea without any, I don't know if you can have a mooring for gas, but you, yeah, it's not I'm really sure tethered to gas. anything. And so sometimes just, just hearing people be smart can be really useful, whether or not you quote unquote agree with them or not. Well, and even if they are also trying to tether their gas, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hearing them do that and you're over here tethering your gas yes. and you're like, oh, right, 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 right. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of it. It's, I guess it's why we converse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the second meal I had mm-hmm. yesterday was at an old-style Italian restaurant. And an old-style Italian restaurant, by which I mean the owner was there mm-hmm. and coming around to the table. Oh, I love that. It's great, except in this case, there were there was a husband and wife waiter team who were actually serving us. Oh, were they needy? They were... They're, you know, they're all older, yeah. you know, they're my age, right? Yeah. 
and they were extremely needy, like oh, almost no. almost cracky. Oh, needy. that is a turn off. You know, just like is everything great? Okay, mm-hmm. well, just you know, like let me know everything. You know, and they're please flirting don't, with. Please don't explain the food. Kid. Please don't explain the food. Well, I, they weren't doing that because it wasn't. This was this was one hundred percent not a place where they were like, "Have you ever dined with us before?" We do things a little bit different uh, here. They didn't do that because <laughs> because this was an old school Italian restaurant. It's yeah. like if you don't know what a fucking meatball is, <laughs> like these don't have. There's, there's nothing funny you about luck, the son. <laughs> right? you know Figure what? it out. We didn't, figure it we out. We didn't put any sage in it. The uh-huh. meatball is not in any kind of reduction. Uh-huh. It's just a fucking meatball and some sauce. And if you want extra sauce, that's fine. It's just a dollar. <laughs> not and a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah. But but what? But they were needy. Like it felt almost like the owner was super nice, old, white-haired guy. And it felt a little bit, and he spent most of the time in the bar, uh, joshing it up with people. But it felt, by the way the waiter and the and and the other, the, the, by the way the servers rather, were behaving, it felt like if they did something like that, he was beating them in the back. But but the energy was kind of cracky. Like maybe it wasn't that he was beating them; it was like that they were on their last, they were on their last leg, or that they were on crack. And oh, literal crack. Like, yeah, like couldn't they 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 weren't able to moderate how enthusiastic they were about about what was happening. We were just a family that was having a birthday dinner. Yeah. And we didn't need anything. No. And we didn't, you know, after we said one time like it's great, thanks. That was the last interaction that we needed before the before except for filling up the water glasses, right? Please. We please didn't, just more didn't, water, more water. Yeah. They didn't need to come uh, be cute. There wasn't any necessity of any, uh, you know, further like uh, we didn't need any more forks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at that meal, we all it was a it's a it was an Italian restaurant that had too much food. Is this the core were, the core group of four? The core group of four. Mm-hmm. And one of our party ordered uh, a ribeye steak. <laughs> One of our party ordered a chapino with a side of scabetti. Chapino, <laughs> chapino, not to be confused with pachotle, is uh, that's like a, a hearty Italian seafood stew. Okay. One of our party ordered um, a, a veal marsala. Ooh, oh, I love marsala. A, I make I make a good marsala. That's a good sauce. And this was this was a hearty marsala, mm. and that also came with a side of scabetti. And these are not like small sides of scabetti; these are like <laughs> giant, big. So it would be a whole portion of food. Yeah. And then one of our party ordered a cheesy cheese and bread mm-hmm. in the form of a small. Now, this were highlights magazine. I feel like two of those I could I could get easily. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So you got yep. a highlights magazine, you got people over here, you got dishes over there and you draw a, a line with a pencil between them. Right. How yeah. do you, how do you, how do you figure out who, who in the core four is ordering these things? Well, the, but in the end, I think you will, I think you'll, you'll know better when I explain that I ate my meal mm-hmm. and then I also ate the cheese and some, bread. Some of everyone else's. Oh, oh, you know, a, it's like Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. I had, <laughs> had a piece of cheese and bread. I had a, 
what would constitute a lunch-sized portion of the of the chipino, and I was given a third of the steak. Wow. In, okay. In addition to my veal marsala and scabetti. And so by the end, I was like, I had had too much food because, you know, what I'd already started the day with my breakfast, with my bibimbap breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so when the, when the wait staff came over and said, are you ready for dessert? Mm -hmm. Spumoni? You know, we said, we have, we, we already have dessert at home because we're having a birthday and they would not take no for an answer. Wouldn't they? Huh? And we were like, we really don't. And they were like, it's free. We're giving it to you for free. And we were like, that's wonderful, but we still don't want it mm -hmm. because, because half the time the desserts in a, in a Italian restaurant like this, if they are the more authentic, the more authentico they are, mm -hmm. the worse they are. Right? Like nobody wants Spumoni. Nobody. I challenge you to find me a person that wants spumoni. Yeah, I mean, of the of the great European uh, dining experiences, I don't turn to Italy for dessert. No, over no, much. not as much. Not as much. That's just not what they're the best at. Mm -hmm. But then the so, but the but the 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 two, uh, the husband and wife, they're just like frantic to <laughs> give us the desserts. <laughs> As though uh -huh. if they fail to give us the desserts that they're going to be, they're, they're going to go back and, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to put the lotion on their skin or whatever. Right, 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 right. Some, some, or maybe it's like, you know, the way Comcast really wants you to have a phone, you know, maybe it's mm -hmm. one of those things where like they get some kind of offset credit from, from now, big let dessert. You, let me ask you about that phone thing. Yeah. I want, what I want uh -huh. is I have now a house. Uh, that's from 1955. I'm sorry, I took that story. No, 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 it's good. I also have a phone from about 1955, and I would like to have it so that there was a phone in my house that rang ring a ding 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 a ding mm -hmm. when about I and I would give this phone number to about three people. Yep. But I want to have this. I want an old-fashioned phone in mm -hmm. my house that rings when about three to five people call it. Yeah. Is that technologically possible now, given uh, the the way things run? The very short answer is absolutely yes. Uh, the much the much longer answer is: Are you sure that's what you want? Because that's going to be you're going to get tons of spam. Because, is that well? Because 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 of this way the spam does is uh, uh, is uh, you're going to get even spam. so like when I when I added cellular to my watch. Even though I have many layers of spam prevention on my phone, whenever the watch was on the stand. And therefore not, it's long story short, I, I, no matter what phone number you get, pretty much you're going to get, it isn't a fresh number. You're getting a reused uh, number. You know what uh, I'm saying? Uh, so you're going to yeah. have a ring a ding a ding for shizzle. And if you are going to do that, I would do it through the actual uh, phone company. You know what I'm saying? You mean not the Comcast? But I mean, the you could, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I imagine all the, the connectors are similar. But, uh, so but the, you, does the phone company still exist? Like they will run I think a phone? So. I think there's a phone company. Years? I think so. I, I, I'm not sure. But the, the okay, nice thing, okay. if you're going to get a phone, you might as well get a phone that'll work when the power's off and stuff. Oh, if, if you follow my reasoning. If you're going to get a I goddamn do. phone in your house, which is quizzical to me, that's, uh -huh. that's, that's so weird. That's like stocking stuffers 
stockings full of inboxes. No, thank you, hard pass. <laughs> um, hey, have, have some new places to check. Ring a ding a ding a ding. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Hello, DHL thing- number one service. Pick up prize. <laughs> no, thank you. The, the the reason that I want this <laughs> is for that exact reason, yes. which is I do not answer my phone. And people call me, and I don't answer it. And people call again, and I don't answer it. Yeah. And um, and you know, the other day there was somebody calling, and I didn't answer it. Yep. And then and then there was another time when somebody called, and I didn't answer it. Yeah. And what I want is a place where the people that I will always want to answer it, yeah, can call. Yeah, and I, I feel you. You and want a bat phone. That's all. You want a bat phone. I want a bat phone. You want a bat yes. phone where only Commissioner Gordon, Chief, Chief O'Hare is not even allowed to call that phone except in extraordinary no. circumstances, right? Just the, just, exactly. Yeah. Just the, just the people that I need to be able to call me at any time because there are those, there are those moments. It's a joy right phone. Where, it's a joy phone or a danger phone with nothing in between. A joy phone or a danger phone. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But I don't, what I don't want is more spams. I don't want any more spams. Yes. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. <sighs> anyway, so... So they want we you to were, get to the... So you've had we were, your yeah. meal and then part of the party's meals. I've had three meals just at that meal. And, and the, now, fo- the folie adieu, uh, or however you would say that in Italian, they're going crazy because they really want you to make a dessert go in your face. Yeah, and so I end up... I end up acquiescing. We all do. Hmm. We acquiesce to the forced dessert, and then there's a bird. There's a singing. The 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 one cracky uh, server is like everyone. One, two, three, and the whole bar, everybody in the bar turns, and there's this kind of like singing, and then the ice cream shows up, uh-huh. and, it, and 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 then the old man, you know, comes over, and he's like, ha, 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 uh-huh. uh, that was everything. And he gives no sign that he's whipping his servers in the back, so, yeah. so, and then the, oh, and then the, 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 the lady server, at the end, she comes over with the comment card. What? And, and is like, Mama, Mama comes over out. with the, with the comment card, and it's her joint? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not her joint. This is the server lady. Oh, Cracky Kate brought it over. Cracky lady came by. Oh, okay. And she's like, here's the comment card. You know, you don't have to fill it out, but if you want, like, here it is, and here's the pen. Oh my god, blink twice. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, weird. Okay. So I gave it to I gave it to my little girl and she filled it out. Okay. Which was great because she was like, um, the food was about a four and a half. And she drew a little thing and then she's like, the service was and I'm just like, you do and so the comment card ended up being a graphic novel, you know, mm-hmm. because she'd crossed, she'd done a couple that were fours and then she crossed it out and made them five. She did it a second crossed pass. Crossed it out. Didn't edit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, but, all, but all on the same page and in different colored crayons. So, you know, it would be unintelligible to any, any other adult. Okay. Uh, but then I came home and I had a piece of cake and a giant bowl of and everything but the Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Mm-hmm. Now, a nutritionist would say that I should be exhibiting the signs today of having been poisoned. <laughs> right? Okay. Shouldn't I today be feeling some consequence of yeah. having eaten five 
large portions of food across a fairly broad spectrum of nationalities and spice levels. Because mm-hmm. the chipino is very spicy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the marsala, as you know, is not a spicy food. Mm-hmm. And cheesy bread, a couple of different... Uh, a commonality through a lot of these foods is uh, what I would just call richness. Rich. They're all of, very you've had, rich. You've had a lot of what, what, what my family used to call rich food. Rich food. That's right. There's not. There was not a light meal. Not, well, the, not wealthy food. Bit. Not wealthy food or privileged food. But like, but rich. It's got a richness. You got your creams. You got your meats. Yeah. Uh, you got you got a zesty stew, and of course mm. you got cheese and bread. Cheese and bread, zesty stew. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the coffees, of course, also which I don't even mention. Mm-hmm. And and so I should, by all rights have either no energy or too much energy or the wrong kind of energy right. or I, my head should be swimming or it should be aching or it should be, mm-hmm. I, or I should be, you should be experiencing extremity. Extremity. I should have really bad hot takes about George Martin and the string score of I am the walrus. Mm-hmm. I should be, I should be over quoting the Godfather. Something bad should Something. be happening. And, and the, the interesting part of this, which I imagine is part of your Weltanschauung, is does this mean you're extremely unhealthy or extremely super healthy that you are not experiencing impact? Thank you. So is right? this, is it, is it because I am so bad, so screwed up? Mm-hmm in this life that I am not even affected by all this terrible chemistry mm-hmm. or is it that it doesn't matter what you put into your, your battleship Potemkin. Mm-hmm. Um, it will just power through the Adriatic. It will, it will, mm. it will cross the Dardanelles. Mm-hmm. Um, re- uh, irregardless. Irregardless. Yeah. Right. SS irregardless. SS well, I, yeah, I wish yeah. I knew. The, I wish I knew the answer to this because, because on the one hand, so like not not to overanalyze this or overstate this, but on the one hand, a person might look at you and say, "Huh," like hmm. the fact that you're not uh, experiencing impact right now would indicate that your body is such a Potemkin wreck that, yeah. that something is horribly, horribly wrong, and it's probably just a yes. matter of time before you literally explode. That's right. From savoriness and richness, um, so the, you die from savoriness. Well, like what if you're Wolverine? What if it turns out that your dietary Wolverine and like you, you'll, it hurts every time, but then, but then it heals. Like maybe you have massive Spider-Man like, uh, recovery abilities. Now, have we talked about, um, have we talked about the, uh, hardened fecal matter? The hardened fecal, uh, the, the, the that, article there it? is doing a lot of work just as a thing, hardened fecal matter. So years ago, mm-hmm. it, and we're talking about in the early 90s, mm-hmm. in Seattle, there was a place called the Gravity Bar. And the Gravity Bar was very futuristic. It, um, it was very heuristic. Mm. But it was designed in a, th- in a way uh, that now you see a lot. But at the time, it seemed very Logan's Run. It was all white surfaces mm-hmm. and chrome, and things were backlit there was maybe some pink light that was behind something that made it. That it's like gave if uh, Virgin America were a bar. Thank you, Exactamundo. Mm-hmm. It was a. It was a. It was a Virgin America, but it wasn't a bar. Mm-hmm. It was a vegan juice food place. Okay. Wow. Talk about ahead of its time. It was way, way out. Wow. And on 
On Capitol Hill in 1991, 92, 93, 94, it was the jam. And the first time I went in there, when I first moved to Seattle, I was I went in just like, what? No way do I want to go into a vegan bleh, juice bar. But I was with, you know, I was I was with some uh some ladies that had a vision of the future and our lives. And I was like, yes, I will do whatever you say. Is there there, but there's no pizza. And they were like, there's no pizza, but don't worry. You won't miss it. And there was a meal called the RV one. I think it was Hmm. like RV dash one, something like that. And it was just very lightly steamed vegetables Uh and tahini and it was, and mm. I sat down in front of this thing and I was like, I don't want to just eat raw vegetables and whatever this uh, ranch dressing is. And they were like, just try it. Mm-hmm. And it was. Quick, quick, quick question. Is this dinner? Yeah. Mm, no, I would, I would call it a late lunch. Okay. All right. It was I, I, and probably that changes my perception. That sounds like a fantastic lunch. So it, it. It was a fantastic lunch, and it blew me away. And it was one of those – there's been 50 of these events in my life where I was like, oh, well, if I could just eat this every day, I'd be a vegetarian. Shit, dog. No kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a high bar, though. But but you know, but but when when people say like, what would you do if you had a million, billion, trillion dollars? Mm -hmm. You know, the only two things I've ever – I've ever – consistently said over time is I would have my clothes made and I would have someone cook for me Mm -hmm. and that person would cook for me and they would make me a vegetarian because they would make delicious vegetarian food for Mm -hmm. me every day. And I wouldn't have, and they would never tell me it wouldn't, there would be no virtue signaling. I would not have to go to a vegetarian. But this is the problem. This is the problem is that like, at least for me as a carnivore, mostly, you know, part of it is that like, for as long as I can remember, vegetarian, and God, don't even get me started on vegan, was presented as a neutered option. Like in the yeah. 80s, I went to exactly one vegetarian restaurant, I think ever in the 80s, and it was fantastic. <laughs> they, they served, uh, uh, what's that, uh, herbal tea, that seasonings, season, celestial seasonings. They had oh, iced, celestial seasonings. They had iced teas, and they had steamed vegetables, but it was, it was all flawless and it was not neutered. Cause the first thing I ever learned, you know this, John, first thing I yeah. ever learned about eating vegetarian is when possible, don't eat something, reject a food that's given to you if it would normally have meat in it. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly right. Vegetarian food cannot just be yeah. this, the same meal that you would order with meat, except they've oh, it's either a tofu replaced hot it with dog. Yum. Yeah. They've replaced it with fake meat or Ugh. they have just taken the meat out of now, it. That's like come a, a long vegetarian- way. Let's, let's be honest. That's come a long way. But yeah, in the eighties, that was something I learned and it, and, it, and it was true. But here's the thing. If you go and there's somebody who actually cares about this and who does not see this as a neutered version of regular food, it can be yep. sublime. Super good. And that's what I'm I always, all I want, all I want is just yeah. to have my and the clothes, food. also I'm, the clothes. And the clothes. Mm-hmm. I want to I want, a, I want a gravy fountain. I want four different kinds of gravy that you can be deployed like back, a Coke machine. Need to come back on the Joko Cruise because it's still there. Mm. It's still pumping gravy out every, God. every day. Love a sauce, a sauce or a gravy. Love it so much. You and I have talked about this before. I like to be fooled. I want you hmm. to lie to me. If, if if you can get away with it, right? Uh-huh. And 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 the way that I want to be lied to is do the thing, do the thing without consulting me that is best for me, 
and don't <laughs> offer me any options. And you need just something say, between like, a personal assistant and a magician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Like, here's your food, <laughs> Ta-da! and and then I will go right. Thank you, and uh-huh. I will uh, and I'll eat it. But yeah. if you say, would you like to go get? a super hearty, heavy bowl of meat stew, or would you like meat stew without the meat? Do you want to go to the vegan bakery? No. No, I don't. But the the great thing about about the gravity bar was it introduced me, first of all, to the, well, the good thing about it was it introduced me to wheatgrass juice, which I I loved. And and for most of the 90s, I would go in – to I would stop into the gravity bar and get a double shot of wheatgrass juice the same way I would get an espresso. I'd just be like, oh yeah, you know, you just stop in here and get a wheatgrass juice. Wheatgrass. Because because I actually loved the taste of it. And a lot of people don't. They think it tastes like grass, which it does. Hmm. But I really like it. It's sweet. You know, it's a sweet flavored. Hmm. All right. I'll grass. try it. Uh you, have you never had a shot of wheatgrass juice? I don't think I have. I've been to places where they have the grass. Oh yeah, have it. It's so good. You love good. the juice. You love the mastiff of uh, spinach that you've boiled down to like a thimble of spinach, spinach, spinach water. I like that very much. And wheatgrass and juice. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And then you got to clean. You got to clean the thing after. You know. You see, if, but if you go to the gravity bar, mm-hmm. you don't have to because they do it for you. And there's a and they're growing grass right there in the store. They pull out a tray mm-hmm. and it's covered with grass. Grass. They've been growing grass. Grass and tray. They, then they and they mow it. And then they put the grass that they mm-hmm. mowed into a into a squeezer, mm-hmm. and out the other side comes a shot glass Ugh. full of bright green grass juice. I gotta try this. It's really, really. People delicious. seem to really like it. It's, it's uh, is it uh, energizing? Oh, you feel so much energy. There's a contravention. This is the thing. It, in contravention to this thing I've been saying this whole time, which yeah. is that that I can eat a bunch of garbage and not feel it. When I would drink a shot of wheatgrass juice, and this may just be confirmation bias, mm-hmm. but I always felt like gazing, like super. Cla- and I think clarity? it's because yeah, but grass is also full of sugar. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that's true. I gotta try this. Anyway, the bad part about going to the gravity bar was that there was a. It was although it was Logan's runny and it was and it was made to seem very futuristic and the meal was called the RV one uh, like all the meals had names like that because the whole trip of the restaurant was this is the future oh like, I see we are the future and and oh. your bleep blorps and your apple clamshell laptops mm-hmm. it's all part of this which okay. is we're all going to be eating raw vegetables and tahini or rather lightly steamed vegetables and tahini and drinking shots of wheatgrass juice in a like a, a pink neon colored bar yeah 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 because you're you know you're like hamburger joint is the thing that's going to that's like on the XN Valdez and Waterworld yeah. Right. Huh. You're, like it's over. Yeah. But there was a book by the cash register that was for sale. And it was kind of like those things at the Starbucks where they where all of a sudden you're like, why am I why am I buying a Bob Dylan record? Oh, you know, like, like, you like an Ed Sheeran or a gift card. Yeah. Re- and retail it was opportunities. This, it was a retail opportunity, but they only mm. really sold a couple of things. And one of them was this book. And it was uh, it was a little bit in the family of Behold the Pale Horse, hmm. like it was a conspiracy book, 
but the conspiracy, but it was food conspiracies. And this person, and the book starts out very reasonable. Mm, that's like, how they get you. That's how they get you. And it's just like, oh, well, the you know, the thing about food and here's what you need to do. And, it, but it got it by chapter three or four, it got more and more serious. And it was like, so then you start doing, so first you fast and you fast for 10 days and you just, you just drink lemons and salt. Oh, then we're back to the fecal matter. And then okay. you start doing enemas. This is where you have like a coffee enema. And then after the enema, yeah, then you do some wheatgrass juice enemas, and then you fast a different way. You stand on your head and fast. Mm -hmm. Gravity. It's, you know, the, the, the barrier to entry of this whole process was very high. Mm -hmm. It's not one of these like, it's a four-day fast and you'll, and you'll change your life. It's like, no, 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 this is some serious business. You are going to – and the reason is that later on in the book, it starts to make some claims. Mm. And it's not going to be able to make these claims if any schmo that's eaten an RV one once a week can go ahead and try this four day fast. Okay, it's a little bit like Scientology. You're not going to learn about Xenu until you've held the cans a bunch of times. That's exactly kind of right. Like you're not ready. You're not ready for an OT anything. You're not ready. And the thing is, this is you're not ready a for fast an RV one. You're ready for an RV one. Mm -hmm. This is not a fast that any joker could accomplish. Mm -hmm. Because I knew a lot of people that tried it, but they just can't, you can't get that far. Like when was the last time you knew somebody that just like fasted for 10 days and then spent two days doing yeah, having six an interest in fasting, speaking of the printing pie, pie, pie graph, an interest in fasting already puts you in a very, very small slice of the pie graph. And even and, if and you get as far as like lemon juice and cayenne pepper, like that's, that's a real normie, uh, kind of like dad boomer sort of fast mm. you're talking here you about something that's much more like a like a like geocaching for your body right mm -hmm. friend of journey. this podcast jason finn mm -hmm. he likes to take fasts all the time because you know as we've as we've demonstrated on, on this show for many years jason finn continues to pursue a health regimen that will enable him to continue to competitively drink mm -hmm. on the other side, right? So he's got these two competing things. On the one hand, he's a competitive drinker. On the other hand, he believes that it's, if it's he can It's run, important to have goals. If he fasts and jogs, mm -hmm. he, will, he will run away from his mortality. Mm -hmm. And that's a, it's fascinating. He's, the, he's really the only person I know that has been so single-mindedly dedicated to this idea that, that a five-mile run every day he can just outpace his alcoholism. It's really fascinating to watch. Yeah. I think but you can also smoke. I think you can also smoke if you run. I don't know if he smokes anymore. Well, I'm just saying in general. I mean, if, you're, if you I are the kind of prophylactic athlete who is looking to uh, pre-address uh, a health condition of some sort, there's a whole bunch of right. stuff you can do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, but this, this RV1-based uh, conspiracy book... At a certain point, around chapter seven or eight, the writer <laughs> started, the Zenu. <laughs> started to talk. And the Xenu of this book is, uh, it, had a, it had another word. It was something like, um, like. Uh, Impacted? I don't know. Im impacted hardened fecal matter. Let's call it that. There was there, it had a certain cadence to the term. It mm -hmm. wasn't just hardened fecal matter. It was black hardened fecal matter. Mm -hmm. Something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That after you had been through this two week long process, and if you had done enough tomato juice enemas, 
you would first no longer smell like skunk, but second, hmm. you would start to see this material appear. It's been liberated. It's been liberated out of your body. That's right. And so when you're fasting, you know, everything gets out of you and then pretty soon you're just uh it's just water, right? Because there's nothing to come out. Mm-hmm. And then there's and then oh, there's you're, like, even, you're starving the fecal. Well, so eventually, right? Your tapeworm or whatever, they're yeah, all yeah. they're that that's all gone too. Okay. Okay. This maybe was the book where I read about if you have a tapeworm, you should sit in a bathtub full of warm milk mm-hmm. and then the the tapeworm will come out. You have to coax it. You have, to, pers- you have to persuade it. And then you wrap it around a pencil. Mm-hmm. And then you sit in the bathtub for however long. Yeah, like, 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 or like a corn on the cob. You just turn it over yeah, gently. In your milk turn bath. it over gently and just yeah. gradually. I don't know if this, that may, might be a different book. But so after many, after however many weeks of starvation, then this hardened fecal matter will start to appear. And uh-huh. what it is, what the book claimed, was that uh, along the walls of our intestines, uh-huh. from all of our years of bad living, there is a coating that even when you fast, even when you do everything that you can, it's so, it has created a, um, it's like p- plaque in your arteries. Yeah. Well, it's like, an, it's like an Osama bin Laden in a cave, la, la, la. Right, like how, how, right. how you can find that and coax that out? It's not like a tapeworm. No, no, no. This yeah. is the Tora Bora of your butt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, and the only way you can get it out is through this, this, it, this process. Well, process. once it mm-hmm. starts to come off, once it starts to cleave off of the sides and come out, mm-hmm. and it's apparently, according to the writer, uh, this amazing material it's 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 blacker than black it's mm-hmm, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it has it has a, the the specific gravity of uh, 10 million um you can uh, uh, so it, like it, it's like, like, like a black hole <clears throat> except inside is, your black can, hole it can also fly okay and it can also and you it's not like a it's not like an ingredient you can't use it in anything but you can use it to power a mercedes 300d or you can put it in your yard like um, a placenta i would don't know if i would put it in my yard mm-hmm. i don't know it depends do you want do you want to grow? Do you want to grow like the world's largest uh, potato? That's what if it, what if it's, what what if it turns out to be good luck. <laughs> it's hardened. It's not going to just. See, now, now you, my lady you know. friend, one of my one of the clearest images, given that I never actually saw this image, but an image that was put in my head was that my lady friend in 1989 worked at a uh, one summer worked, worked at, a, at a pretty extreme health food operation in, I want to say, Miami. And she said at the time, now this is going to be a much more violent, non-tapeworm-based approach, I'm assuming, but she said all the rage was the coffee enema. And that what, what that produced right. is something uh, that was described in the literature as being like a bicycle inner tube. And that's what will come out. What? So imagine, really? imagine, you, imagine you, you're, you're going to drop a deuce and, and out comes the inside of a tire. <laughs> because that's, that's, See, you know, that's the Torah Bora or Toroboros eating its own tail, right? That, that's nice, coming right. out. Now, you're describing something that's more like uh, stalactites, it sounds like. Well, so I told you once, I think, about the time that I had a really, really bad sinus infection, and oh I uh, and it was the spring, you know, it was like, yeah. it was one of those spring days in Seattle where it had been raining, and then the sun came out, and I was in my wool jacket, and I had my hat on, but it was like kind of sunny too, mm-hmm. and it was like, my whole head was stuffed up just like, oh, I just felt like I had a, like there was a fucking raccoon living inside my uh, my sinuses, and I and I did that thing where you kind of like, you try and like snort some uh 
some stuff down so where you can spit it out. I hope oh, sure, sure. sure. This while uh, we used to call it hawking a loogie. Hawk, I was, tried to hawk a loogie. Yeah. And I felt in, I felt it, uh, the, uh, the materiel. Yeah. The, uh, the mucus. Uh-huh. I felt it come loose from the walls of my head. Uh, up, way up, way yeah. up above my eyes, like way up in usually, the middle, usually in, between inaccessible, my nose. an inaccessible mucus area. No yeah, more. from from behind, from you know, like from above and in front of my ears. I felt it all at once. A bodily this phenomenon entire... that we've referred to as like coming out by the roots, like you're getting something much deeper than a oh. normal, um, you know, uh, easily, uh, you know, peak mucus, right? Like you've got to go frack. That's right. You're saying you go I... real deep and get the roots. I felt it come loose, God, and it was so just much. like turning over a thing of jello and watching it like come loose, mm-hmm. and then I felt the entirety of my head mm-hmm. release, and it all came out. It all just went down, and it came out, and I was bent over the gutter, yeah, going like glock, glock, glock as I as right. my as this mass, this <sighs> mass that was yeah. that was the size of a I don't know a kitten. Let's mm-hmm. say a okay. let's say a bulldog puppy. It was oh. the size of and shape of a bulldog puppy. So you're just, you're just struggling to uh, to uh, do your part to accommodate the exit of this. It's it's chosen you. It, I was it's like, time for it to come out. Yeah, I am, and I was on a side street. I was in front of Bill's Off Broadway Pizza. Okay, and it was in the middle of the day, and nobody was there. And I just uh, you just kept coming out though, huh? Oh, except wait, my girlfriend was there, and she was obviously appalled. But Did you she know, get a like, photo she was, or anything? She was so appalled at me already. No, this was before we carried cameras. Oh, damn. Okay. Um. Anyway, and I just sat there and was just like, "Whoa!" And I and the last little bit of it to to let go was from like inside my ears. Yeah. It was like the lork, and yeah, then yeah, that yeah. Was, and it all came out. And then I was. It was one. It was a the one time in my life where I went from being super sick. To being completely healthy. Did you feel free? In one thirty second. You must have moment. felt free. It was the greatest moment of my oh, life. I still God, think I about it all so the time. I, want, I, I would time take I, that. I would take that on any part of my body. But like, yeah. the, the, like this is what we're looking for with this UFO, you know, transporter technology is that ability to basically because yes. you know after the UFOs you're the anchor man. The UFOs are going to run you through the box, right? You're going to come out. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan over here, you know, everything would be torn up by the roots and it's just going to go down the alien drain. Can you even imagine what that would feel like? More, more and more. I feel like the first thing I want them to address is my, uh, is my prostate. Just take it out and, and and remake it. Just (laughs) shave it or, or give me a young one or whatever. One Hmm. that's not, that's not trying to interfere with stuff. It's just like, I've got all this other stuff. Stop trying to be clever, prostate. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? What's your problem? Who asked you Uh, to be here? What it's basically saying is humans weren't meant to live past fifty, right? And so this is this is not what it was designed to do. It's uh-uh. just doing. It's just like it was. God, that's it, such a, that's such a wise way to look at it. Thing. You get a little squeeze bulb, like you use to clean off a camera lens, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just that that was never designed to be fifty-one. No, it was not. No, it was not. <laughs> it has lost its. It's lost its way. Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't lost its purpose. It still has a purpose. Sure, it's just lost its way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. So, yes, the 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 UFOs are going to go through. They're going to take all the mucus out. They're going to my cuticles are going to be repaired. There's going to be so much. Imagine and your I'm, joints. And they 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 liberate whatever it is that make your joints the way that it is. And you're, think about your knees with your knees, Ed. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't be throwing every anybody. Time, every time I bend down to look at something on a low shelf, now once I get down there, I'm like, oh, why the fuck did you do this? You got to get back up, man. 
You gotta get back have, up there. I have a pain in my <laughs> shin now. If I if I bend down to do anything, I get this oh, I get this feeling I'm in my right shin, and that's 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 been the last week. It's a new thing. Well, my shin was never meant is, to be this old. The nutritionists, the Bastier nutritionists that are listening to this show, are right now going ah. See, this is the cake and ice cream. It's not oh. that it, it it's not that it makes you think weird on the when you do a podcast the next day. It's no. that you when you bend down your 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 uh, your squeezer bulb, and it's just like no fuck you, <laughs> shut up, shut up. You're just that's just you're just looking for a reason. Anyway, the mm-hmm. hardened fecal matter yeah. guy okay. said. After the hardened fecal matter, this is in the book. This is the book. So you're checking me out. You're ready to pay your bill. This is in the book. Well, so anyway, somebody, one of the ladies that had that got me into eating raw food, also bought the book and then was like, "You have to read this." So it was at a time when anybody that said you have to read this and put a book in my hands, I read it. Yeah, sure. And it was. It was how I. The nineties. It was a different time. (laughs) Thank you. It was why I ended up reading Frederick Axley's A Fan's Notes because somebody was like, "You got to read this." Uh All right, I'll read. So I read it, and the and what's what's crazy is by a chapter eleven. No, let's say chapter twelve because I don't want to put this guy in chapter eleven. Mm-mm, no, by chapter twelve, he can still reorganize. He still can, right? There's no chapter eleven anymore. You just you, everybody gets a do over. No, it's just on route to chapter thirteen, I think. Anyways, is a fecal matter. That, so uh, how how far in percentage wise are we at this point? And does, well, does it have a soft landing? Because you're already up to, you're in chapter 11 or so, we're talking about fecal matter. Is there a soft landing at the end? Did I ever tell you about the book, The Long Walk? I don't know if you have. The Long Walk is a book about, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, The Long, the long Walk mm-hmm. is a book by Stephen King. Mm. A Long Walk, let's see, is it A Long Walk? Hmm. It's not A Long Walk to Water, I don't know what that is. It's A Long Walk. A Long Walk. And there, it's not a, it's not a song by Jill Scott. Okay. A long walk, book. Book. Oh, Jill Scott. Okay, I'm one behind you. A long, a long walk. The, the true, long walk, story true story of a trek, of a trek to, to freedom. freedom. A by somebody with a let's go Polish fella. Oleg Slavomir Aravowitz. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the book. Okay. So this is a book by uh, this uh, this man who. Escaped from a, a, a Soviet labor camp in uh, Siberia, and with his little squad of various escaped people during World War II, mm-hmm. they walked from northern Siberia down through the Gobi Desert over the Himalayas to India. Shame. It was a very long walk. And it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful tale, extraordinary tale. Uh, and it's a and it's a very well written and you know and short book, uh, and it's one of these things where as they walk along, I, mean, I don't want to give too much away, but no. like not everybody makes it okay. kind of thing. Right. Although they make it, but anyway, in that book, you get to the last twenty pages of the book, and all of a sudden, an event happens in the book where you're like. What? Like, like, uh, uh, there's just no way I cannot tell you because I want you to read the book. I want everybody to read this book. Okay. But you get to the last 20 pages. In Calcutta? You're like, what have I not? It's not yet to Calcutta. Okay. Okay. And, and it's like, 
what have I been reading this whole time? Oh, I see. They spot something it's, in the Himalayas. It's not a turns out. It is a real turns out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it highly recommended. And the thing is, it was turned walk. into a, it was turned into a movie mm-hmm. that maybe some people have seen a movie, uh, that I think was starring some famouses. It came out not very long ago. Hmm. Um, a long walk movie, and it it turned into the movie The Way Back. The Way Back. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're doing such a good job of the internet. Um, by P- the Peter Peter Weir. Oh, Peter Weir. He's the fellow that did uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Picnic at Hanging Rock. That's and a this wild, that's from, a wild movie. This is from 2010, and it's got huh. Ed Harris in it and Colin Farrell. Oh, that's, I enjoy them. Right, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're fun. And the thing about the long walk or the way back is yeah. it does the whole book pretty well. And then it gets to that last 20 pages of the book, which are the key to the book. I think where you're just like, what, what have I been? What? And the movie just ignores it. Oh, that's a shame. Just completely ignores oh. it because it's so like, say what? It's no wonder Alan Moore took his name off it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it didn't, change fit, like it didn't fit into the crazy movie uh, that they were making. And so the movie just ends up being like a wild adventure instead of like a wild adventure. And then a some hmm. type of thing. Hmm. But that's the thing about this book about the heart yes. and fecal. Matter, yes. Yes. Was that after it comes out, okay. then apparently your intestines are reborned. Whoa. Are, just like the UFOs. That's right. <gasps> that your intestines are suddenly the pink. They're all pink and they're all pink and plump, and just like the like day a, you like were a born, baby, the little baby. And then every bit of food that you eat, every time you eat an RV one, every mm-hmm. time you take a little sip of wheatgrass juice, it goes perfectly into your body through these very pink membranes, just as God designed it to you do. You have new efficiencies. That's there is the machine. That, you know, the machine is becoming more efficient. It's not going to have to try and get Osama, uh, uh, Obama. Sorry, a lot of people don't remember that Osama. Sure. Osama, uh, you, you Osama don't have to get you Obama. Bim bim bam. Is that what you had? The Korean food. You don't have to get that out. You don't have to get that out of a cave now. Right. Just think of all the time that opens up. If you drank a wheatgrass juice or ate an RV one, and your intestines were lined with hardened fecal matter, it would just go straight through. You wouldn't even get any nutrition. It's just going right. It's going right into the mouth of your tapeworm. But once this stuff comes off, then your your body is perfect. You only need to eat two tablespoons of of grass a day, and it goes perfectly in. And then you don't have to run to stave off your alcoholism. You wouldn't even need alcoholism, right? You would just be living in the – you'd be living in a glow, a warm glow. Mm. And the final chapter of this book, Uh he starts to talk about being in the mountains because – that's where Tim he went. the Polish yeah. fella or the uh, hardened fecal nope. man? No, Polish guy. I think was just eating whatever kind of yak fur he could get his hands on. Uh-huh. So not he was not living in the clear and the light. He did not. He had never met Zenu. He did not. <laughs> he he was not the key master. Was it seven oh seven? Is that what it was? The plane seven oh seven. Oh, they dropped the people in the volcano. You know, we're already oh, violating a lot right. of copyright the, with this. The, the one, uh, the one in South America where yeah, they all you see, oh, we got no soup cans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>